everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. since covid for those of you just joining us um chloe's quite upset about the fact that her voice has changed since she had covid so we're just seeing what google says about it there it's it literally this on the nhs website as a result of the covid19 virus you may experience temporary temporary changes to the sound of your voice and also your comfort and effort levels when using it these changes are similar to the changes that you experience after cold or flu, but are expected to be much more intense and longer lasting. Fucking A. I told you. <laughs> to me. Just before we came on, Chloe was like, it's really sad because I can't sing anymore. I was like, was that COVID though? Yeah, Emma, Emma's got a real chip on her shoulder about the fact she can't sing. So, I mean, I am not bearing the brunt of this chip. It's your problem. And one of my favorite conversations I ever had with Emma was in the first lockdown. And she sent me a message and she was like, do you think people can be can be taught to sing? Like, can people learn? And I was like, no, I think you can either sing or you can't. And she was like, I really think that we should stop applauding people who are essentially are born with the ability to make a nice noise. <laughs> well, it is a strange thing when you think about it, right? Yeah, because they haven't done anything. They can just sing. Yeah. yeah but then but most, I mean, like, I when don't... you think about most actual singers, though, like, one, they have trained really hard, and two, they're normally good at, like, writing their own songs and stuff. Mm. Like, that's a skill. Yeah, that's why I love Taylor Swift, and everyone always, like, rolls their eyes, and it's like, oh, you know. But it's like, come on, that girl is ridiculously talented. Like, what, she wrote? Insane. Did she write all her own songs? Like, all her own songs. She writes all her own songs. She produces all her own songs. She does everything herself and has done since she was like seven. Like she's insanely talented. I love Taylor Swift. I'm a Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is gonna be a weird episode. Okay, right. I'm gonna go into. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what? It's been two minutes. I'm leaving. <laughs> I also just want to address something really quickly. Sometimes I watch or listen back to the lives of the podcast to get some content, as we know, which always goes down so well. <laughs> and um, sometimes it sounds like I'm just talking over Emma. It's not. It's because there's a delay and I can't always hear her when she speaks. <laughs> I just wanted to address that. I was like, I sound like such a bitch. <laughs> no, I think it happens both ways. It, it, there is a bit of a delay. It's sometimes you say stuff and it's like, I just completely ignore you. <laughs> I elect not to answer that. Um, okay, let's get into the questions. Laura Hall. Hi, Emma and Chloe. I hope you're both well. My question is about workouts and night shifts. I love the gym workouts and, I, and the structure with this plan. My body, or maybe it's just my mindset, really struggles with working out when I'm working night shifts and I feel physically very lethargic. What is the best way to work around this? My shift pattern is 10 days and nights affect three of those days. My other shifts are earlies or lates and I don't have a problem working around them. My steps target is fine. Can I treat night shifts as rest days or is that too many rest days in one hit? Thank you. 
Um, yeah, I don't think it, it, it's probably a bit of both. You know, working night shifts is going to fuck with your circadian rhythm and your basic physiology. Um, and, I, and, and also, I do think mentally it is quite tough. I 100% think you've, you've answered your own question appropriately. Three, three night shifts in a row, taking three rest days, absolutely perfect. And then hit the gym on your other four days a week. I just had to do the math. Yeah, I was just thinking that. So yeah, yeah. Seven. Um, I I think that that is a, a fucking stellar plan, and I'm I'm into it. Emma, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, and I have so much respect for night shift workers, or not even night shift workers, more shift workers. Like the way she's describing her shift pattern, where it's like yeah. one week is totally different, then the next week is totally different, and it is so much easier when you can get into a routine. So the fact that you're working your way around that, like applaud you for that but even even the way you've just worked your life around that as well I think is very impressive it is very impressive it's tough it is tough um I hope that and I don't obviously I don't work in 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 this kind of any field that would have to do this but I hope that people are, are really mindful about who's doing shifts when well like I hope that there's a really good timetable being figured out for people for shift workers because it is yeah it's hard man it's tough um, okay, Charlotte, I'm so sorry. You guys are amazing, but I just need help with protein ideas, please. Go and read the Intro to Nutrition file. There is a whole food Bible. There are example recipes. There are example meal plans. Um, so please go and go and read that if you haven't, but we will do some more here. I have a shake or porridge with PhD scoop for breakfast, and then my fruit and then my fruit love seems to be carbing overload. Should I replace my apple with some yogurt? You are the best. Sorry, don't apologize at all. Um, yeah, so look, uh, in the mornings, that's great. Put a scoop of PhD in with your shake or your porridge. And then, yeah, if you love fruit, that's great too. Have some fruit. And why don't you have it with a 0% Greek yogurt, for example. Mix it in together. It'll be really yummy. And you will get 20 grams of protein direct it. Um, a really good idea and then really like savory meals again all animal sources or if you're a vegan or vegetarian well if you're a vegetarian um things like eggs um and if you are or like for example like um I like the eat lean protein cheese and a lot of my vegetarian clients love that it's really high protein very low fat um and low calorie uh, and if you're a vegan things like corn cauldron tofu bites are fantastic um yeah emma yeah i think i mean we could list off a load of different protein sources but they are all listed in the files and also like i kind of hate giving this answer but google as well just google different protein sources and loads will come up so that you will be able to hit your protein target if you need any more help please just reach out to us don't feel like you can't don't feel like you need to say sorry but google is going to have more answers than what my brain has and and the other thing, which is a really simple uh, way to get in your protein, is just to look at what you're already having and just slightly increase the portion sizes. Like, you you might not need a whole different source of protein. You might just need to be like, oh, okay, I was normally having this much yogurt. I'm going to have a little bit more. I'm going to have a little bit more chicken than I normally have. And bam, I've hit my protein target. So don't overcomplicate it. The simplest solution is often the best solution. Yeah, I honestly go read the food Bible. Like, that is... 
nine years of me adding, 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 adding. Oh, I forgot lamb. Oh, I forgot chicken. Oh, I forgot egg whites. Like it's hot. It's never ending with every round I look over again. Just to make... And yeah, so go read the food Bible. It's all in there. Uh, and again, like I say, like the recipes are there to kind of give you an idea of like how to get protein into something sweet, how to get protein into something savory at breakfast. Like I'm trying to give you really practical examples but I agree with Emma like first of all never apologize is what we're here for but I think part of the job as a coach is you often get asked questions that the client can answer better themselves like an example in the last table gave someone who said and Emma gave some really great practical tips and I didn't how do I go to bed an hour earlier and it's like you're gonna know the answer to that far better than Emma and I because you're in your own head like you know what what's tripping up and it's always a really good idea as well as reaching out and asking the questions to really think and do the self-work as well because then you're going to really fast track the whole process and make lasting changes. Uh, Maz Lapel. Stop. What a name. Firstly, thank you, Emma Story, Gordon and Chloe Maley. <laughs> read all the names. <laughs> Getting us through the first three weeks. I've hit all my non-negotiables. I've done five workouts a week. I had a little panic where... <laughs> I wasn't as regular as normal, but having listened to the back catalogue of podcasts, I knew just to wait. It all got sorted. I have now lost 3 kg, um, not sure entirely, as I didn't weigh in until the end of week one because I didn't like the number that I saw. But I'm learning to take the lowest number from the week, and this has been mind-blowing for me. Thank you. Yeah. Now, my question. On Thursday, I was doing a shoulder press with dumbbells. I felt a little pinch in my left shoulder slash neck area, which has turned into a niggle. We are in Oz and in lockdown, so physio is hard at the moment. I did a leg day on Friday, and that was fine. Actually, it was good. It loosened me up. I planned the weekend off and actually got all my steps done before the weekend because I had my second jab and I wanted to rest. I'm hoping that I'm back to exercising on Monday, but I will presume that I'll still have this neck niggle. Which of the workouts would you recommend to keep me moving but not make my neck any more sore? I've got a decent home setup with dumbbells, barbell, loads of weights and bands, loads of band emojis. <laughs> should I do legs? Should I do core? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so first of all, well done. 3kg in three weeks is fantastic. Um, and I'm really happy that you're kind of, you seem like you're really in your stride with the non-negotiables, which is fantastic. I'm sorry that you you guys are back in lockdown. Um, what I would suggest is that you carry on going through the workouts as you would. And every time you do, first of all, don't do any more shoulder anything. Um, anything above head, don't do, because obviously it's coming up. Um, yeah, is it superior delt? Yeah, I would just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything above the head. And then I would just work through the normal exercises and normal workouts as you would. And if you go to do a movement and it pinches, immediately stop, cut it, and you know that that's blacklisted until it's better and you can see a physio. Um, if you find that you are then really struggling and you're kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel, reworkouts, then look at everything you can do. You mentioned legs and core and start doing full bodies. Um, and that is what I would say. Emma. Yes, I agree. Um, I think, especially with neck, sometimes this happens. Didn't you have this the other, like, not that long ago, where you, like, couldn't move your neck? No, yeah, no, because I, I sleep funny on it sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes it's something like that, like, it's, like, a small, like, and it's actually really freaking painful for, like, a good couple of days, but it does tend to just fix itself. So I would yeah. say if if it feels like that, avoid upper body for a couple of days and then see what you can do. And as Chloe's saying, if it's sore 
just stop immediately. But there's like, I mean, if you can only do lower body for a couple of weeks, it's not the end of the world. Like you'll still get incredible results. You can still make sure that you're still focusing on your diet. You can work more on your lower body. So improve any like weakness areas, get good at doing core work. And hopefully, usually these things, actually most injuries, most, a lot of injuries just fix themselves with time and rest. So hopefully for you, that will also be the case. Yeah. And take some ibuprofen or something if, if it's feels inflamed or painful. Yeah, not on an empty stomach though. Okay. Daisy Gorham. Hi, Clemma. <laughs> I'm loving the plan so far, apart from a slight setback this week with the flu, which I must have caught from Chloe. <sighs> I'm seeing... Do you remember in the beginning of COVID when we were like... <laughs> There's something going around. We've made this and did it like every podcast. I wish I know. we could bring that we back. Thought, but I'm glad. We yeah, thought we that was it. so funny. We are so funny. <laughs> um, I'm seeing real changes in my behaviors, my shape, and my fitness levels. It's so nice to feel confident lifting in the gym on my own. I've always done PT sessions before, but I love this newfound independence I have. Thank you both, and thank you to the fantastic community here. Anywho, my question is, what happens at the end of the eight weeks? Can I go straight into the next round with you? And if so, does it start immediately after this one? Yes, we are doing a direct rollover. Um, so as soon as this round finishes, we go straight into the other one. I think it's Monday, the 11th of October. Is that right? We talked about it yesterday. It was the 11th or the 18th. Hang on. We, talk, we talked about it yesterday and I've already forgotten. Uh, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, it's Monday the 11th of October. Not long so, now. No, not long Halfway. at all. Um, we'll go straight into it. Um, there will be, you'll purchase a new package. There'll be a new group. There'll be new workouts. And there will be the same old files because they work. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Am I getting a really bad echo? No, you're, you don't have the best connection, but hmm. I don't hear an echo. Well, if anyone can hear an echo, let me know. But I really like what she was saying about autonomy. And I think that that's so, so important is, and actually I got sent a study this morning that was basically showing that it was just a group of people. One of them got to choose their own targets or were like empowered to choose their own targets and their own exercises. And the other group were told to follow a certain thing. And actually the group that had more choice and, and, and even like the perception of, this is a choice that I'm choosing to make as opposed to this is being forced upon me. So, so important. It also means that you internalize your wins as well. Like as much as it's really nice at the end of each round when people are like, you help, I mean, you helped me lose X amount of weight. Like not, I mean, we maybe helped you, but like you did the work and we want you to know that you did the work and you got the results because that's so important to your own confidence in your ability to achieve things rather than like externally attributing your success to our program. Actually it was you that did the work and we just supported you to get there. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's really cool. Like as a coach, as a coach, you really want your kind of clients to stick with you for as long as possible because you really get some, you, you want to, you want the lifestyle change and that takes time which we talk about all the time and also it's fair to say that the coach client relationship becomes better and much more fruitful and successful the longer that you're together the longer that you know each other and it really works but I fucking love it like especially with my one-to-one clients when I get to a place where I'm like after this round you're done 
I have nothing left to do with you. They're going into the gym. They're creating their own workouts, balanced workouts, fantastic workouts. They're lifting heavier than me. They're checking in. Everything's fine week after week after week. And I'm just like, you're done. We're done. And it's, it's, it's such a good feeling. And I love that with the EC methods. I, one of my favorite things is that we have so many return clients and we get such a good little family going. But it's fair to say that, and I think I said this in the last live, every few months, a lot of our OG clients are ready to just go it alone. And it feels fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, you're, I love that too. I love that you're, you're taking charge of it and you're, you're making it yours. It's your journey. It's your experience. And that's brilliant. Yeah. And I think like on that note as well, there are, I mean, there are some of our grads now who don't need us. They just want us. And I think that's yeah. a really nice place to be as well. Like, don't feel like you need to leave because you don't need us anymore. If you're like, I still get a lot from the programming. I still get a lot from being in the group, watching the lives, helping others, having that support there when I need it, like knowing that it's there, even if I don't often need it. Don't, yeah, don't feel like you need to move on just because you don't need coaching. And I think that's a really nice place to be. And a lot of our grads come back, like leave and come back at different times, which is nice as well. Like, oh, I need a little bit of extra support now. Yeah. I think also a lot of people really are doing this on their own in their private life. Like they don't have like a very, you know, healthful, fit-minded family or friendship group. And I think that's a, that makes it a really nice place to stay on. Because you you have that. You have that support. You have that understanding. That's why I like working out in the gym. Like, you know, I, I have a pretty good setup at home. And yet I commute a fuck, a fuck of a journey to get to and from the gym. Because I like training with people who are training. Like, it's it's nice. Environment dictates performance. Yes. Um, we've got a question here. Hi, lovely ladies. Just out of curiosity, when would you recommend a diet break? I'm on round two. I'm on 1800 calories, so not low and easy to adhere. So happy to carry on as long as I can, but just wondering about the science behind diet breaks. Thanks for all your support. As always, Liz. Um, you do not need to take a diet break if you are finding the diet easy to adhere to and you're not struggling in any way, shape or form. The only other time I would recommend a diet break is if a client is very, very, very lean and for whatever reason hasn't quite, let's say they're a physique athlete, hasn't quite hit the target yet. Uh, that isn't, that's the only physiological reason why I would then be like, okay, let's come up to maintenance calories for a week or two, whatever, um, to basically help you out a bit um, in the gym with your recovery. And also it's fair to say, you know, you, you get a good idea when someone is very lean of what what is you know, what they potentially could look like if you give them a nice little bump a nice little refeed um but in terms of like unless you're fucking lean there's no reason to do it unless you're really struggling with the diet emma yeah like diet breaks are really for psychological reasons as opposed to physiological reasons and as chloe's saying there might be situations when you're like prepping for a physique competition that you might utilize them but for most people it's more a psychological thing and that's not to say it's not important that's not to say we wouldn't utilize them when we need to but in your situation if you're like oh I'm on 1800 calories I've got good life balance I can adhere pretty easy I'm happy going long as I am if fat loss is still your goal then a diet break is there's no point taking one like it will literally just slow down the process and also might bump you out of a good routine which you sound like you're in if you're like oh yeah, yeah. I'm working away like I know what I'm doing I'm hitting these numbers it's, you know it's not a huge amount of effort for me I don't have to think about it too much why would we then change everything for a couple of weeks and then move you back down? So yeah, there's absolutely no need for you to take a diet break. Yeah, there was a long period of time where 
we thought the physique community thought it would be a really good way to kind of safeguard muscle mass if you're in a steep deficit and you're getting lean. But there have been what two or three studies done in the last one to two years, which have basically shown that no, that it it doesn't have any impact at all on um, on your lean tissue, and and there's no reason there's no reason to do it. Again, like I say, unless you are, I I would say like if yeah, unless you're struggling. Or if you've been if you've been in a deficit for a really if you've got a lot of weight to lose and you've been in a deficit for a long time and you're starting to get really fed up, then we can talk about it. And and it is it, you know as long as you're you know I think I've I've talked about this before on Instagram and there's a video on my page. As long as your deficit, if fat loss is still the goal, as long as your deficit days or weeks um, exceed your refeed days or your diet break weeks, then you're still going to get the result. But as Emma said, it will probably slow. Well, it will. It will slow down the process. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a good thing to do. Is it, is it Lane Norton who basically dieted for like a year straight, and he's just he's in like amazing shape now, and he just did every other week was a re, was a diet break for him, and he wanted to do that, and he can do that because you know, yeah. Lane Norton. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it works for some people, but it's unnecessary, and for a lot of people, it's overcomplicating it. And there was like yeah. you were talking about that study that came out a good couple of years ago now that showed that like dieting for two weeks and then being at maintenance for two weeks and then dieting for two weeks did have a benefit. But now there's more recent research which shows that it doesn't really. And we did at one point think that it increased leptin to an extent that your hunger levels would reduce and your activity might increase again. But it seems yeah. like that needs to be a, a longer process now. And really, the increase in leptin is going to come from the increase in body fat. So if fat loss is your goal, then it, it's not that it's not that immediate. It's not that acute. It yeah. takes time. Like, yeah. Um, OK, so Sarah Margaret. Oh, do we have anything else in the live? Uh, we've got one. I just want to say thank you for reminding me about vegetables. Found some bird's eye veggie rice here down under. And it has made such a simple addition. My veggie phobic husband, who I've been told who I have told uh clever has been told to grow up uh now gets a portion of micro rice which i told him james haskell does so must be great (laughs) and now we are happy thanks (laughs) yeah there you go oh there's a long one here okay morning gorgeous ladies of weightlifting two questions from me i often go to the gym with my other half, my OH, (laughs) mainly because I find I am a lot more confident in the weights area with him there. He lifts by increasing the weights per set. I think you've suggested not doing this and that you start heavy. I'm a bit confused. Could you please explain the rationale behind this? I'm a classic Monday to Thursday, great. Okay, so I think that's the first question. Um, I would do a couple of warm-up sets and then I would do your working sets. Let's say we programmed three sets of 10 at about the same weight. If you can increase a little bit towards the end, great. It probably means that you started at a weight that was slightly too low. So we want your working sets at the maximum weight you can lift for those reps. It's the rationale. Yeah. There's two ways of looking at it. I mean, <clears throat> like Emma said, there's there's working sets and then, I mean, sorry, there's warm up sets and then there's working sets. So that would see your weight start lower and then climb up. The other way of looking at it is you should start at your absolute target weight that you want to lift. And then if you have to decrease the intensity to keep the volume up, 
that's what you have to do. And you you can argue it either which way. It's yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if the volume is the same, it doesn't really matter which way you do it. Exactly. <clears throat> okay, I'm a classic Monday to Thursday, great, all non-negotiables and workouts, but at the weekend I struggle. An example would be this evening I have dinner booked somewhere that is a six course tasting menu. Whew which I've waited three months for. How do I plan this in as I assume that at least a few thousand calories and don't want to track it? Should I just bank a couple of hundred calories in the days around this for, to allow for it? Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, if you if this is something like you've waited three months for, it's not something that you do every single week. Like the frequency of the, the occasions that you go over your calories are really important. Like if this was every single week, yeah, we'd need to start accounting for this. If it's once every three months or something and you're having a really nice meal and you don't want to track it, like it really doesn't matter. It's going to make absolutely no difference to your fat loss. Absolutely no significant difference to your fat loss that you would notice. Yeah, I agree with Emma. I think, um, first of all, a tasting menu is not really the kind of thing that you can track um, and also enjoy it because it's always so, I always have the best time when I go and do stuff like that. Um and exactly what Emma said, if this is happening weekly, then this would be something that we would really have to think about. Um, however, if this is happening once in a while, fucking A, whatever. Just get on with it, enjoy it, come back and let's get back on track. You know, you say that fucking you're a Huh? That always reminds me of being really Australian. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, yeah, you're really, just so you know, and anyone listening, Emma's like quite delayed. So if I'm talking over her, I apologize. Um, so literally... <laughs> I listened to it the other day I was like I sound really rude um uh yeah it's not you say that you're like a bit of a weekend wanker and the thing is with that is that if you know that now and you have a fat loss goal you have to start to figure that out um there's loads of options there's loads of ways around it a tasting menu is not something that I really want to coach you through to be honest I think go and enjoy it yeah I, I would agree is that it yeah we're good on the live okay Sarah Margots. Hi, ladies. Just a random one. I'm curious to know how you both train. Do you go into the gym with a workout planned, like the ones that you give us, with sets and weights predetermined? Or do you just wing it? I'm curious, as I'm very much a write-it-all-down type of person. And I'm wondering if I'll ever get to a stage where I don't. Plus, I'm just plain nosy. Thank you. Lots of people have liked that question, so I think I think we might have some interest in the answer. Um. So I rarely, if ever, change my workouts. Um, I know exactly what I'm doing just by habit, by nature. By I mean, I don't even think about it. I go into the gym. I train either typically I do lower body, upper, or, or like I have two different kinds of upper body. One which will do like target really shoulders and, and arms. One which will target more of my back. And I'll also then maybe do a little bit of ab work if I'm in a fat loss phase. Um, not, not otherwise. Um, I know exactly how I, what I want to do. I know exactly what my warm up sets are. I know exactly what my working sets are. And the only time really my workouts will change is like sometimes I'll, I'll hear about or I'll see a new lift or I'll realize that I haven't done a lift that I used to do that I liked or that I want to try. And then I'll either add it in or I'll swap it out with something that would be very similar. So for example, I'll take out, um, a standard deadlift and I'll put in a sumo deadlift. Or I'll take out, um, I don't know, lunges and I'll do leg press instead for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Um, but yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. And recently, actually, my workouts have changed a bit. I'm doing a bit more kind of fitnessy, lifting, circuitsy things to try and get my fitness up for reasons that I will not bore you with. But generally, yeah, that's how I train. Emma? So the workouts, the gym workouts that you guys have are the workouts that I, I was going to say that I do, but that I used to do. Now they're slightly amended to what I can do, read my back. So it's predominantly upper body stuff. And now and again, like if I can't be bothered to train some days, I'll literally just go in and stick to, like I might just take the cables, just do cable work. And you can do a whole body workout on that. And for some reason it seems like that requires less motivation than moving around the gym. So now and again, I'll do something like that. But generally I just do the workouts essentially that you guys have, uh, minus some of the leg stuff. But those are the workouts that I used to do. Mm. And there's loads of ways, like, you do, like, do, do like, push-pull legs. You could do upper body, lower body splits. You could do full bodies. Everybody in our industry trains and programs differently. And, you know, really the, the thing you want to do is make sure, A, you're, you're training your body evenly, and, B, you're getting enough volume in per week. And it, other than that, whatever. Like, anything goes. Um, It's really about – I actually think it do – yeah, it depends how the client wants to train. And it also depends how many sessions per week they can get in the gym. And that's what determines it. Yeah, agreed. And actually, we've probably both done things like push-pull legs or upper body, lower body or body part splits and got very similar results. Yeah. You'll notice, like, the exercises themselves don't change. Like, the co- this, all the same coaches are using, like, you can't reinvent the wheel. Um, okay, anything else in the live? No, we're good. Okay. Lisa Holyoke, speaking of ECOGs. Um, hey, I'm not sure if this quiz has been answered and I haven't caught up with the podcasts. Sorry in advance if this is a stupid question. When I plan my week and the first day I train is a Monday, then someone says, Lisa or mum, can you do this for me? It puts me behind for the first day of training. Then my mindset for training has gone out the window for the rest of the week any advice emma yeah it just sounds like a perfectionist mindset which you need to work your way out of like it does not from a physiological perspective your body doesn't know it's monday it doesn't matter that it's monday it doesn't matter that you missed the first day of the week you're still getting in three sessions a week the results will be the same like don't don't try and stick to this perfect regime because actually just getting the stuff done and not worrying about exactly when you're doing it is going to be way, way, way more effective. Like shown by the fact that now you're not doing the resulting workouts because you feel like you've started with a failure. In fact, there's a really interesting study on this uh, with in terms of like behavioral psychology. And it had a group of people who were forced to exercise at a very specific time every single day. And then a group of people who were told they needed to exercise x times per week but they could do it whenever they wanted and the people that were told to exercise at a specific time every day during the study did that more often so during like i think it was a six-week study they actually got more sessions in than the other group but when they came back months later it was the group that had allowed themselves that flexibility that were more able to maintain their results so that flexibility element is really really important and we kind of see that with all uh, really restrictive diets where where it's like okay well stick to a meal plan for six weeks it's like yeah you've got incredible results but you can't maintain that like you have a life it has to fit in your life so stop telling yourself and start questioning it 
Like, you know, if you sat down now, if we're sitting down with you now and we're like, do you really think that it makes a difference that you trained on the mon- on the Tuesday instead of the Monday? You'd be like, no, I know it doesn't. So I know that it feels like that. I know that it feels like I've not started perfectly. Like I wanted this, this and this to happen, but you need to start questioning that mindset and that mentality much the same way as when you, I don't know, go slightly over your calories on the Monday and you think, oh, I've just ruined the whole week realistically like rational you knows that if you average out the same calories over the week it's going to make absolutely no difference but yet there's still that element of you that's like just eat everything you've ruined your diet anyway just eat everything now like you need to start questioning that because you know that that isn't what's going to get you results and that's what's holding you back that's what holds so many of us back is this notion that we need to do everything exactly right and as soon as we don't we fall off the like quote unquote bandwagon. But if you like reframe this into there is not a bandwagon, it's just your life. Like this is your life. You are the average of this. So start taking action, even if it's not perfect action. Imperfect action. It's not the bandwagon, it's the wagon. <laughs> the bandwagon is like, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. The diet wagon is just a wagon. <laughs> there isn't a wagon, right? There's no more wagon. The wagon has gone. There's no wagon. This is just your life. The more you say wagon, the more the word is very weird to me. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Wagon. Wagon. It, it sounds almost rude. Why? Waggy. <laughs> Um, Falling off the waggy. Wag- um, I was so upset. Anyway, <laughs> off I go down my self-reflective tangent. Um, yeah, everyone learned that. Like, you start to really think about this now. So I literally was like yo-yo, cat and mouse, body hell for years and years and years and years, and I haven't been in that space. Like, look, I still want to get a bit leaner sometimes, and I do, and then I kind of less lean other times, and that's okay. But like, I am so much more like in a really nice place with my body now that I, it isn't all or nothing anymore. It's like I train every day that I can train unless I've trained like five days in a row and then I'm like, okay, now I need to rest. And that is that simple. And I eat kind of my calorie appropriate kind of healthy food conscious meals every day that I can. And instead of it constantly being like, I'm either all the way over here or all the way over here. Now I just have a really nice body image and a really nice relationship with my body and a really nice relationship with my life and it took years you know we say this in every live it's not just going to happen but it is work that you need to start doing now because it will pay off I I think the language that we use around dieting is like a problem as well so Mm -hmm. even just being like on a diet off a diet in maintenance back into dieting phase into hypertrophy like I got a question this week which I haven't answered yet but it was about like it was essentially, do you ever have an off season or do you just stay lean all year round? And I was like, mm. there isn't an off season because I don't have an on season because I'm not a competitive athlete. And I think yeah. sometimes we like steal that those ideas from that context of physique competitors. And yeah. they're like, no, because that, that doesn't apply. And it doesn't apply to us. And it certainly doesn't apply to our clients who are like, you know what? I just want to look and feel good. I don't want to compete in a bikini competition. I don't need an on-season and an off-season. I don't need to massively ramp up my calories to be in hypertrophy and then massively cut every year and feel uncomfortable for half the year and then massively over-restricted for half the year. Like, you can be at maintenance. And that doesn't mean that you can't, like, iterate around that. It doesn't mean you can't be like, oh, I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks. I'm going to cut my calories slightly. But you don't have to change your mindset into 
oh, I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks. I'm going to massively over-restrict. Because yeah. you'll be in a place where you're like, yeah, I'd like to lose two kilograms because I'll feel a little bit leaner in my bikini. Great, that's completely up to you. Fine. But it doesn't have to be a big deal. And so this is where we want people to get to is that you're now at maintenance. You can make changes here and there when you want, but it doesn't mean this massive change and your mindset around those changes is so important if you're saying that now you're on a diet and now you're off a diet now you're on season now you're off season now you're on the wagon now you're off the wagon like that's a problem in itself so the the terminology that that you're using and and honestly probably that we're using as well I think we need to address that and change that and and that's going to impact the way that you're thinking around dieting Agreed. (laughs) I will will end you. Stop. Bertie's going through this phase at the moment. Any dog owners who tag me in a post and help me out with this, where he barks all the time at everything, it's driving me mad. Has that just started then? Huh? Why has that just started? I think it must be an adolescent thing. He's just like, it's really, and also the thing is, he's barking at people. He's like a really friendly, completely, complete, you know, wet willy of a dog. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear willy and dog in the same sentence. And um, um, he's But he literally barks at people. And like, I, you know, they don't know that he's a complete pussy. So it's like scary and inappropriate. And like, he can't, he's, no, I'm very angry at him. <laughs> He's a wet woolly pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I agree with everything Emma said, by the way, about the the restriction that all and I think it's really anyone who listens to my podcast will know that I get competitors on and coaches on all the time because it's a really good thing to understand how they do what they do because then you can cherry pick lifestyle implementations from it. But yeah, if you're not an athlete of any kind, physique or performance, you don't need an on-season and off-season. There's a reason they have on-seasons and off-seasons. Um, but this is more, this is lifestyle. And actually, that segues really nicely into the next quest- question. Lauren Robinson, hello, I'm desperately seeking motivation. I had a really good round one and two. I hit all my non-negotiables, but I've lost all my motivation in round three. I had a set goal date to aim for my wedding for round one and two, but now I am goalless. That sounds sad, doesn't it? Apart from long-term health goals and being able to move into hypertrophy, but I have a way to go with my fat loss yet. I recognize that I need a short-term goal, but I've really struggled to find one. I'm hitting steps and doing three to four workouts a week, but I feel like I'm going through the motions during the sessions. I'm not pushing myself. I tracked for the first two rounds. I've tried not to track this time and the scales are creeping up. Any ideas or words of wisdom? Literally perfect segue on from what we were just saying. So it's great that you had this goal, the wedding, and I love a goal. I love a big push. I love getting really like dialed in, like it's fun. But you absolutely have to think before the goal ends and throughout the whole thing, okay, what's going to happen when it ends? What am I going to do to maintain all these great habits? Um, and and it is fair to say that the first time you do it with a goal is easy. And then when the goal goes away, it does become very hard mentally. And like we say, this is this is work we want you to all do on yourself. And the fact that you're doing three to four gym workouts a week. Hang on, I'm going to have to put them in the stage. Stop. The fact you're doing three to four gym workouts a week and you're hitting steps is um is absolutely brilliant, re-keeping re- it up. And in terms of motivation to do the workout and in terms of motivation to really push yourself Right, Emma, you finish off what I'm saying. I'm going to put them away. Okay. Um, 
Right. So the question was around having essentially an external goal and then not having that external goal. And I think you can find other goals, but really the place we want you to get to is that this is coming internally. Like it's intrinsic motivation, as in you don't always need an external. Um, which is a hard thing to develop, but there are there are little things. So one part of your goal is going to be just ticking off the non-negotiables. Like if, if you've done that at the end of the week, that is a successful week. Celebrate that win. Two, like get in touch with your longer term goals. So maybe go back and listen to the um, reset that we did about goal setting. That was really useful to just think about what those goals are and why you want them. Three, remember that you're enjoying the process. Like it sounds like you're enjoying the process. So stop worrying too much about what the outcome is and start just trying to... I'm getting an echo. Oh, it's gone. Start just trying to embrace the fact that you are enjoying the process and that that in itself is a goal and is an outcome and is success in itself. And then I feel like you don't need to be as patient with the outcome goal when you're actually enjoying what you're doing anyway. Um, I think part of it is that we're, we're almost like... Ugh, expected to have specific goals like whenever I'm in the gym and someone's like oh what are your goals at the moment and I'm like oh nothing really I just enjoy coming every day or six days a week or five days a week whatever it is and people are quite like shocked by that but you don't need that big external goal yeah all the time and I don't know if we like I did a post this week about um challenges like fat loss challenges so that you'd have like a winner or you've got a chance of winning a holiday you've got a chance of winning money at the end of it and one of the big problems with that is it's encouraging this like external goal so what happens at the end of that challenge when either you've won the money or you haven't won the money like the, the point of that almost doesn't matter in this example but what happens after that because you've not really internalized the fact that you're doing it for yourself in fact you're doing it for an external reason and really what we want to get into all of you guys is that you're doing this for you because you deserve that because actually putting time money effort you know with your exercise with your nutrition fueling yourself properly is a form of self-respect is a form of self-love is something that we all need to do to make ourselves better like that's the reward the reward is a better version of you yeah i i mean i was gonna say agree with obviously everything emma said but i was gonna say Obviously, it is very easy when you have the goal. The trick is to to come away from that and be like, and the new goal is lifestyle. How are you going to have a fit, healthy, happy lifestyle? And the, it's fair to say that if you're all or nothing in it, if you're constantly slogging away because you've got this big goal, you know, every, once a year, every year, it becomes very um, pressurized and it becomes very unmanageable and it actually becomes really, really oppressive. Trust me, I used to do shoots throughout the year and have to do it and what first what began as being very motivating very rewarding very quickly became incredibly pressurized oppressive unenjoyable and horrible like really horrible I hated working out at the gym I hated my diet and that's why I went into an all-or-nothing space because as soon as I was on holiday I was like I'm free and I would just fall into the buffet morning noon and night wouldn't train like it and and it, it created a really horrible pattern it's wonderful when you have a goal sometimes but trust me when that goes away um or if you know if it's never ending it becomes unenjoyable so start to think about maintaining 
those results that you worked so hard for for that goal. Be like, oh, I worked really hard to get here and I would like to stay here instead of falling all the way over here. And that does sometimes mean that you have to go to the gym and slog through a workout. And if you're finding the workouts boring, switch it up, do something different, go to a class instead. Emma and I talk all the time about, you know, we want you lifting muscle, we want you resistance training. But look, if you're going into the gym and you're bored and you can't be asked, then completely change up your routine. Go to go do a spin class, go do a body pump, go do whatever, see what you like. Um, do something different, you know, go for, see if you can do 10K, like whatever it is, just be active. Um, and same thing for your diet. Okay, so you were dieting on 1500 calories and now the goal is gone and you're like a little bit fed up. Why don't we come up to 18, 1900 calories and change up some of your food sources and see if we can breathe some new life into it. But we're keeping up the healthy habits. We're keeping up the movement. We're keeping up calorie appropriate meals. We're keeping up getting your protein in, you know, and, and just, just come at it from a from a new point of view, from a new angle. And yeah, it, trust me, if you fall all the way into the nothing, then you, the cycle is gonna is gonna start, and we're gonna you're gonna be much more miserable in a year's time than you are now. So let's just breathe some life into it and and rejig it. Yes. Yes. Anything on the live? No, we're good. No, we're good. Okay, I was kind of reading this while you were talking, and I'm a bit confused by it. Katie Marie. Thoughts on Shona Virtue's recent Instagram posts about oh. male gays in the gym. Have you read, read this? No. Oh. What, okay, so she says, what are your thoughts? And then someone's put under it, I want to ask this too. I was incredibly disappointed to read it from her. She says, me too. I think I kind of understand, but I don't agree. It's just not good. Even worse is the double down post accusing those who disagree as not critically thinking someone says I totally I sort of see what she's trying to say but it's not put well and the critical thinking comment was enough for me okay I won't go on um oh hang on no I do want to read this also interestingly read about some rules for coaching women published back in 2013 that blew my mind I have to keep reading this I'm sorry this is really interesting Kanchan says I'm jumping in here I used to follow but I no longer do. I listened to how he gaslighted Sohi Lee, his ex-partner. You know her, don't you? Whether it's true or so not. So this is getting quite heated. Wait. So whether it's true or not, there are two sides to every story. I don't agree with men in the fitness world being sexual predators. There's lots of stories online posted about him. It's just my thoughts. And I know a lot of the fitness world respect his work. And that is undeniable, but it sits wrong with me. Someone says, I saw this all too. I unfollowed him as well. Okay, right. So first of all, I haven't seen Shona Virtue's post. So I'm going to let Emma talk about that. Rebrett Contreras. He is absolutely um, someone to be respected in the field in terms of his work in the field. But yes, he is a very controversial character. And we all know that. Emma, I'm going to throw it to you. What was the Shona Virtue post? And, and Yeah, I mean, firstly, like I have huge respect for Sohi and I think she's amazing and I'm biased because she's a friend of mine. Um, and I also just want to give like credit to her for standing up to the ISSN, which again was this sort of like misogynistic comments and treatment of women. And Wait, actually... Are we talking about Sohi Lee or Shona Virtue here? Sohi. Sohi. Um just because I think that was really bold and like that's a big institution and I can see why you know this happens quite a lot in the fitness industry like a scary amount that actually men in powers like in positions of power like basically 
doing awful things and no one's saying anything about it because they're like they have a huge following they have a lot of respect i don't want to be like cancelled or you know i'm worried about my own career and actually the fact huh i just am loving everything you're saying and i'll i will i'll say some stuff after this too continue (laughs) on yeah so anyway like i just had a huge respect for sahi when she was like I'm not going to stand for this and and like put herself out there as that. And actually, you know, given that she was going to speak at some conferences for them, et cetera, et cetera, like I'm sure it came at personal cost. And I think to be like a woman and stand up for what she thinks is right, even though a lot of other people aren't doing that, just so much respect for that. And what was the show about you post? You don't have to say what you think of it, but what was it? Oh, the thing is, I only sort of skim read it because it went around like, a lot but it it was just quite misogynistic it was basically saying that like um if you're worried about men staring you at, at you at the gym by the way sorry if i get some of this wrong because i didn't really read it in, in huge depth that you should do things like wear baggy clothes oh no i know it was like quite and have you ever read the book uh, the way of the superior man no it kind of it made me think she's just read that book it made me think like she's just read that book and has been like sort of brainwashed by it or like something around that and I think she sort of like was referring to men as like reptilian brains and like oh it's this their biological drive to stare at you and things like that like wasn't great okay well you know you know at least it's at least it's causing some debate which is great um yeah okay <laughs> Oh, there's so much I want to say, and I just—I oh. have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of respect for people in our industry that don't play the game, who see, who see exactly the people that that see exactly how people really fucking are, and even at their own, as Emma said, career progression cost, take a big step back from them and do not play the game. And um, I think it's really, really, I think people don't actually understand. It's the same, so in the media world, in the TV world, what Alex Beresford did, for example, on GMB, was fucking phenomenal. To stand up to Piers Morgan on live television, and that was his show, and basically say, actually, stop talking, because everything you're saying is massively offensive, and and I don't like it. Live on air, on Good Morning Britain, on Piers Morgan's show, fucking A. To stand up and say, I don't like the Daily Mail, if you're a celebrity, you are literally throwing yourself to the wolves, but you feel you need to say it out of your own moral compass. And it's the same thing in the fitness industry. Some of the biggest people, the biggest people in our industry, both in the States and in the UK, um, if you don't play their game, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It's, it, it's, it's a risk you've got to take. And I have nothing but respect for people that are doing it. Nothing but respect. Um, and, I, and I actually really like that clients, especially EC method clients, are watching things happen and are actually picking up on it. Because a lot of the time we keep quiet because we don't really want to muddle, muddy the waters with you guys. But I personally love it that you can see things objectively. Um, and I won't comment on the on the, on the the Shona Virtue thing because I haven't read it, but um, wear whatever the fuck you want to the gym. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. It was just like almost like anti-feminist kind of vibes, which was strange. And like, I think, I think the biggest reason it's got so much like hate is that 
that isn't or that's not what people thought that she stood for and it just doesn't seem like aligned with her normal message so I think people are a bit confused by that but I, I agree with what you've said like it's it's it both interesting and reassuring to see that people kind of know what or know what they expect other people's values to be and then when they're not that they're like oh I don't I maybe I don't agree with that person anymore like if we put something out that was like completely out of the blue for us like it's kind of nice to know that our followers would be like what the hell are you doing like that's not you and yeah I just take it from a purely selfish purely selfish and personal and introverted perspective I think in the last two years I've had two like crises of confidence with our industry and also with the audience where I've been like what like come on like this is not okay and I and it's and it's definitely been something that I've had to like professionally mentally work through and I have to say like reading that just our clients talking and like being object being so objective is so re- I mean it makes me feel very comforted and very reassured I love that I I love that you guys are actually lol critically thinking um and also just lastly there's a lot of this plagiarism going around people reading a book standing up and and just yeah I I was talking to um I won't name him I was talking to a very famous rugby player the other day who said that he'd seen somebody recently who's huge in our industry do a talk as just as he'd finished a book and the whole talk he was like the whole talk was the book and I was like, yeah, and he was like I used to really like him and I just I can't not anymore I can't respect him because it just lifted everything um why is that I don't understand like surely you would like digest it think on it and come up with something I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like, you're inspired by others. Like, I'm inspired by your posts, and I'm inspired by other people's, and I'm inspired by books that I read, and I'm inspired by things that I listen to. But I would only, like, if I wanted to say exactly the same thing, I would share the post, or I would be like, this is a quote from X that I thought was interesting. If I was like, that's interesting, but I actually think I could add this, or in this context, it's more applicable to my audience or something. Like, yeah. It's fine to be inspired by others, but yeah, I think if you're just literally regurgitating someone else's stuff without crediting them. That pisses me off. So many people in our industry do that. They just, and I'm like, oi, I know who said that, or like, I've read that. Like, come on, credit it. Credit the person who, don't don't take ownership of it. I reposted something from DJ Fat Tony the other day and put like a credit in and tagged him in it. And so many people underneath it were like, you stole this. I was like, I tagged him. He's in the thing. Like, <clears throat> funny Why am I so annoying <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything on the live um okay i dislocated my shoulder nine months ago timed it well being 32 weeks pregnant oh my god um i found it niggling a wee bit when i was holding on to the barbell doing squats felt quite awkward to hold any tips on how to avoid this stop it from being worse thanks Okay, I'll take this because I also dislocated my shoulder. And actually, if you're watching live, you can see the little scar where I got it pinned in. Um, I was like, it doesn't look dislocated now. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just still dislocated now. <laughs> 10 years later. Um, no, I used to dislocate my shoulder quite a lot. And there are like certain positions where it's more vulnerable. 
and behind anything that's like stretching behind your neck is like danger zone so a couple of things you could do with squats is either front squat because you're going to be in a more secure position with your shoulders or just yeah I think that's mainly I would just avoid that position if possible like hopefully you've done physio hopefully you've done strengthening exercises um a lot of them are just like band work and you're just working your rotator cuff of course I love band work um and yeah and also just slow controlled movements but I would avoid anything especially that's above your head behind your neck like do not do any snatches (laughs) literally the worst thing you could possibly do and anything that you're in that awkward position. I actually find the only time I think about my shoulder now is if someone's like, can you reach behind and get something in the car? And I always feel so awkward because I'm like, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do anything for you, but not reach behind my head. <laughs> like that's that's like the line. Um, but yeah, that. I'm like, can you grab me? No. No. <laughs> no, genuinely no. I'd be like, okay, so I go. Um, I agree. Goblet squat. I goblet squat. I actually, and I talk about this a lot with the dumbbells and the lower body work. I personally find I get better range of movement in every, in every sense and motion movement. You know, every time I say it, I'm like, (laughs) um, so yeah. Yeah. And then if you're like, okay, I can do goblet squats. I can do front squats, but I can't load them as much. Fine. Load the leg press, do your heavy stuff on the leg press and do slightly higher reps on the front squat or the goblet squat yeah do we have anything else in the live um someone saying oh my god i get i struggle to get things from the back of the car too glad i'm not the only one (laughs) yeah um okay hi ladies okay let's do the last one okay Hi ladies, Claire Stafford. I've just rejoined the gym after 18 months off. I've been doing home workouts in between, but clearly to no avail, hence why I'm here with you guys. I've just done my first pull session, but due to having the upper body strength of a Kit Kat, I can't physically hold myself up to do push-ups or burpees at the end. Lol at my phone auto-correcting burpees to burgers. That shit is why I'm here in the first place. <laughs> Am I okay to skip these and maybe use it as a progress benchmark as to if, how many can I do in the future? Thank you for making me laugh while also kicking my ass. Emma, I will let you answer. <laughs> Thanks. For, what? So can she skip burpees is basically the question. She's saying, well, it's weird, actually, because she's saying, am I okay to skip them, but then use them as a benchmark as how many I can do in the future? Oh, yeah. I do understand what well, I kind of, I would, instead of skipping them, I would make them slightly easier. So maybe get a bench and go from the bench, jump back, then jump up, like a burpee on a bench. Does that make any sense? Like yeah, hands again. hands on the bench, jump your legs back, jump them up, and then up. Oh, yeah. Clap above the head if you're CrossFit. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> add a little bit of that, just to add it in there. Your um, upper body is looking great. <laughs> thanks babe so yeah i would i would do that i wouldn't just skip them i would just if you just like do the progression and then like you say that can be a bit of a benchmark you'll soon be like i can do full burpees check me out check me out in my baggy gym clothes (laughs) yeah don't don't stare at me but also (laughs) um i genuinely haven't read the post so i'm not being a dick um 
Okay, fine. We are. We have done an hour nearly, so I think we're done. We've just and... got a couple more that have just popped up, so should we just answer these? So, so not related to the. Oh no, wait. Good morning. I feel like I'm constantly exhausted. This has been the case for the past few years. I'm almost forty, so not related to EC. I go to sleep at ten p.m. and I get up about five six a.m. Any tips for better energy? Uh, I would go get a blood work done and see if you're deficient in anything because the people I know who have felt perpetually tired um it's materialized that they either have like for example low iron and type 2 diabetes like I mean I'm not saying I'm not freaking you out but go get your blood work done and see if there's anything you're you're missing in your diet or that you you know you need to take care of um yeah you may as well cover those bases so things like thyroid dysfunction as well that can actually like be quite small to start with and then oh no she's had bloods and they're all perfect okay so that's that ruled out good that means that we need to look at lifestyle things so maybe I mean that seems like a decent amount of sleep again like I would question what like your quality of sleep is as well because sometimes people are in bed for that long but not sleeping for that long so maybe look at your quality of sleep maybe look at how big a deficit you're in Mm. maybe look at how much training you're doing and how much activity you're doing because that can be too much if you're like, I'm doing 20,000 steps a day, trying to get in six workouts a week, maybe you just need to reduce the amount that you're doing. That yeah. might really help. And actually, I was in, like, I didn't feel that tired when I was training a lot. But as soon as I stopped training a lot, I realized, like, that was just my level of what I thought energy was. And now I'm like, I have so much more energy and this is what it should feel like. So yeah. it could just be that you're doing too much and maybe just really cutting that down. And the other thing to note is that if you do that for a week, you will notice no difference whatsoever. You need to do this for like a couple of months to see your energy levels rise up again. So don't yeah. think that because you've done it for a week and got no results, that's not worked. You need to like, if this is an ongoing thing, if you've been feeling like this for years and you're overtraining or like overtraining or just doing a lot, you need to cut that back and you need to be like, I'm going to stick to this for at least two to three months and see how I feel because it won't be an immediate thing. Yeah, I, I second all that. I say if, you, if you've had your blood work done, the next thing I would look at is body fat, how low body fat you know are you? I, I don't know, so I would look at that. Calorie intake, what calories are you on? What calories have you been on? Um, and expenditure, like Emma said, you know, you're doing – 20,000 steps a day and five workouts a week and you're doing cardio yeah that it is going to hit you and exactly what Emma said like I didn't realize when I was I, when I was really really lean and like training my balls off and in a deficit you don't realize until you come out of it and like exactly what Emma said and you've been out of it for months plural months you don't realize how fucking zapped you are um so yeah let's i'd like you to look at all of those things and maybe do a little check-in post yeah she's just she's actually just come back to us so i probably do too much i've got a demanding job two kids i'm a single parent i'm doing fifteen thousand steps a day and five workouts so what i would say is cut those workouts down to three if you can cut your like if you're getting 15k steps because that's just your life fine if you're doing if you're trying to get out for extra walks or you're doing extra cardio or you're forcing yourself to get there let's bring it back down to 10,000 and then let's do that for a good couple of months and see how you feel yeah I'd like to know calories as well yeah yeah for sure okay is that it that's it that's it all right then guys we'll see you on Monday Monday. (laughs) 